Welcome to the Ambitious Leader Podcast, the podcast for you leaders with big ambitions to help you reach more in an easier way. So if you have the feeling that the sweat you put in and the results you get out are not in line, then it's probably a good idea to listen and learn. The host of the show is Dennis Fredericks. And we're ready to go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ambitious Leader Podcast. Today will be a long episode. It will be an edited version of a webinar that Caroline and I gave earlier this year, and that is all about partnerships, how to build strong partnerships. And it's a very important topic to talk about because especially in business, it's something very important to think about. Well, we all know the quote, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to get far, go together. And that's the mindset that we want to give you today. And that is also called the Ubuntu mindset. Ubuntu is a Zulu word describing that essence of coming together, helping each other out. And that's the mindset that you need to build strong partnerships. Now, there's nobody better to describe the real core feeling or the real attitude of Ubuntu than Nelson Mandela. So I will put in a short clip where Nelson Mandela explains to you what Ubuntu really is. Many people regard you as a personification of Ubuntu. What do you understand Ubuntu to be? In the old days, when we were young, <clears throat> a traveler through a country would stop at a village <clears throat> and he didn't have to ask for food or for water. Once he stops, the people give him food, entertain him. That is one aspect of Ubuntu, but it will have various aspects. Ubuntu does not mean that people should not enrich themselves. The question therefore is, are you going to do so in order to enable the community around you uh, to be able to improve? These are the important things in life. And if one can do that, you have done something very important which will be appreciated. Right. Now that we know what Ubuntu really means and that you are hopefully already feeling the Ubuntu mindset or the Ubuntu attitude, we can proceed to the details of how to build strong partnerships. First of all, we will talk about some skills that you can use or skills that you can improve to improve your collaboration. Collaborating with others is the first level of partnerships. But of course, we want to go beyond that and we want to come to a partnership where we can create a double win-win situation. But even that can be extended and then we can go to a win-win-win situation. And totally at the end of this episode, we will even talk about the details of how you can establish a partnership that will get you into a win-win-win-win situation. So stay with us for all the details. But before we go into all those details, first of all, I want to start with an experiment. Imagine that I would now challenge you to play the game Rock, Paper, Scissors. Right here, right with me. And the assignment is that you get 30 seconds to play the game with me. And in those 30 seconds, you need to score as many points as you could. Can you imagine this? Can you visualize for yourself how you would approach it? What your tactics would be? How you would try to win? 
in this game. Alright, now over to you Caroline to explain why this exercise is an important one. Yes, so um, the first thing that you do if you get an assignment like this uh, is you go into a bit of a competition modus. So you think that you have to win from, uh, from the other person, but actually in a partnership, your, your mindset needs to be different. Instead of just winning for yourself, actually, you should think about how can we win together. Dennis asked you to score as many points as possible. And immediately we see that as how many points can I score personally, instead of how many points can be uh, scored at the same time. Now here, of course, you don't see each other. So it's very difficult to talk about it, to, uh, to have an agreement on it. Now, what can you do in a situation where you don't have a lot of communication? There it's very important that the thing that you do communicate is very, very clear, very consistent. What you can do here is if, for example, you have made that mindset switch and you know, okay, I want to score points together, just be very consistent. Each time you keep on uh, selecting the same thing, for example, rock each time. And in the end, the other person will see, hmm, okay, they're being very consistent. Oh, maybe it's about something else. And in that way, you can make sure that more points are scored in the end. So that's a bit of the partnership thinking already, a first uh, thing about it instead of going into competition mode. Indeed, and going into that competition mode is in many cases, it's actually our first reaction and especially when we, we trigger it by asking the question in that style, of course. Uh, but you can try it for yourself because this exercise, well, it's a bit hard to play in this in this way. But you can try it for yourself with rock, scissors, paper uh, or with arm wrestling and just ask people to uh, score as many points as possible and they immediately go into that competition mode by really uh, trying to, to win over the other one. Although the assignment is score as many points as possible, so you can easily just go tack, 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 tack. That's the thing. Okay. Well, let's go on for the next one. If we want to improve our collaboration, actually, we should take into account how the other person actually works. And to get started with this, I want to introduce uh, the first concept and it's a methodology that is... Uh, yes, I have a, a very short question that is perhaps important to first uh, answer here. So um, what do we mean with a partnership? Uh, there's a difference between mere collaborating with someone because you have to co collaborate with them. Uh, how do you get along? How do you reach a certain goal? And then a partnership, a true partnership. Uh, that's what we're going to focus on in the second part of, uh, of this webinar. And that's really making sure that you obtain even more together. So is it merely working together or is it, yeah, making sure that you really go the full mile, that you really trust each other, for example. Mm -hmm. I hope that's the first uh, good uh, explanation, but of course, we'll go deeper into that later. Yeah. Sorry, it, back to it, you, Dennis. It will become clear what, what we mean by a partnership throughout the presentation. The first concept that I want to talk about is insights. Uh, well, insights is actually a profiling tool. It gives you uh, four colors and you can divide people in those four colors. If I say divide, then okay, it's, it's a very, um, very essential way of communicating about it. Uh, because of course there's much more to it than that, but you can assume or you can look at it as four different types of personalities. Yeah. And we have the cool blues, uh, that are the ones who are um, well, they are very analytical, they are very accurate, they are detailed, um, so that defines a bit the cool blue section. Then you also have the, the fiery red ones, uh, it, they are really on fire, they are uh, decisive, they are uh, really resolute, they are strong-willed, they are purposeful, they really go for it. You already hear it in the way how I talk that there's a difference. 
Then you also have the, the warm yellow ones and the warm yellow ones that are the ones who are um, really inclusive. So they are very dynamic, they are very enthusiastic, uh, they want to convince other people, they want to be uh, incorporated, they really want to, they, they really like it to work together. And then you have the natural green ones, the ones who bring rest like nature. Um, they are very harmonious, they are very relaxed, they are very patient. Uh, and you also see that in, in how people behave, in how they talk, in how they use their hands. Uh, the, the red ones, for example, they will really be yeah, making those very very harsh behaviors. Um, the green ones are more soft, they will express it with a little bit more movement. The yellow ones, they will use big movements and express it all in big characteristics. The blue ones, they are very intimate and so on. But that are all good habits. There's not one color that is better than the other color. It's all good. And on a good day, all the positive elements of that color comes out. But on a bad day, you still have that color inside you and then it's a bit too much of that color. The things that happen in a negative way. So the, the blue ones who are very analytical, well, they become so analytical that they can't make a decision anymore because they want to analyze, overanalyze everything. The red ones who are very good in making decisions, they perhaps they become a bit aggressive because they are just going through it. The yellow ones who want to, um, yeah, they, they love to brainstorm and they, they love to have new ideas, but on a bad day, it can become very chaotic. And a lot of things that you really wonder from, oh, where are those? <laughs> where are they? Uh, from this idea and suddenly to that idea and oh, what's going on? And the green ones who are very harmonious and relaxed, well, perhaps they become too relaxed, which then means passivity. So you see, you have those colors inside of you, everybody has, and you have them, you can use them on, on, in a good way, in a, on a, in a good day, you can use them in a good way, and on a bad day, you will use them or they will express themselves in a more negative way. Now, why am I referring to this insights framework? Well, because you have to take it into account. When you are collaborating with someone and you know or you can identify in which quadrant of the colors they prefer to act, because in reality we are never just one color, it's those colors that mix together. And in this uh, slide, there are eight uh, colors described, but of course there's even more than that. You know it, if you are uh, mixing colors, you can make all the colors that you want. Um, so there's nobody is just one color, but if you, well, one color can be a bit more coming out in a certain environment or in certain circumstances or in a certain way of behavior. Um, and if you are able to trigger that color or to, to identify that color, then it will then you know how to react to that person. If, for example, someone is very red and he is a bit in a bad day and because of that he is just making very harsh decisions without uh, empowering everybody else and he's just going through it, um, well, then it can be a blocking point in that collaboration. But if he can bring it back to the fact that actually it is his red color which comes out a little bit too much, then you know it doesn't have to be a blocking point in that collaboration. So knowing the person with who you collaborate can already improve that collaboration. Okay, so immediately then also a next question for you guys. Uh, do you know what primary reactions are? So why um, are we talking about primary reactions here? Um, when you're working with others, when you're collaborating with them or really in a partnership, it's really important um, to know that people have a first instinctive reaction for certainly when they are threatened or feel threatened by something that happens, something that has been said. So it's important to know how to respond to those primary reactions to make sure that the people that you work with or that you are really in a partnership with 
to know what their triggers are to make sure that they don't go into that primary reaction. But then also, if they do go into that primary reaction, what can you as a person do uh, to make sure that yeah, you can make the other person feel safe enough to step out of that primary reaction again? The first three primary reactions that most of you probably have heard of already are uh, going into fight mode. So yeah, you feel threatened and the first thing that happens is you become really either defensive or really offensive even. Uh, and everything that happens around you, you only pick out those things. You only hear what you want to hear and you start shooting everything else. So really fight mode. That's one reaction. So then uh, the second reaction that you have um, is going into flight mode. Okay, I feel threatened. I just want to run. I want to get away from this and I try to avoid everything. Third uh, reaction might be freeze. That's something that you've also probably heard of. Uh, it's like the deer that is standing there all of a sudden on the road freezes and is standing with the headlights uh, aimed at them, not knowing what to do anymore. Those are the three reactions that you probably have already heard of. Now, uh, there are also a number of other reactions that I uh, already referred to. So um, one thing that might also happen is that you go what they call into flop mode. Um, flop mode is uh, a reaction that most people will not have all of the time. Uh, it's a reaction that happens in very specific uh, situations and that might be, for example, that your body completely stops working. So you lose control over your body. What happens, for example, yes, like they say, you really literally pee your pants or you become very, very sleepy. That's also a very normal reaction in times of stress. Then another uh, reaction that you might have as a primary reaction is uh, what they call fawning or uh, friends, fawn or friend, because all with the F uh, words. So one of the first reactions that people might have is instead of fighting or running, that they actually start to befriend someone else, that they start to um, find some way to take away that threat in front of them and that they try to cooperate in some way but it's not real cooperation it's actually a primary reaction which might lead them to say certain things that actually they don't want to do for example and this is a, a reaction that we often see um, in children or in abuse victims so it's also, uh, of course, with other people as well. It's not that you have to be a child or an abuse victim, but that's where the research originated from. Uh, so it's also a very instinctive primary reaction. Uh, we often get questions about this because some people really don't understand that it can be a primary reaction, but it's something that really can be your first reaction. And then uh, the sixth uh, primary reaction, we also all know it, and that's actually losing, uh, it's, it's called flooding. So it's uh, losing control of your emotions and starting to cry. So it's very important to know what might trigger in yourself and in the other person, their primary reaction, to then see that it is a primary reaction, but then also making sure that if you see this, helping the person to feel safe enough to step out of it again. And this one is also important to know the primary reaction, because if you want to improve the collaboration with someone and you know how they will react uh, primarily, just out of nature, when they are under big stress, then you can also um, yeah, take that into account and make it easier for yourself to react on the reaction. So that's the second thing that you can do to improve the collaboration. And now we will go over to the next one, uh, third element that you can use to improve collaboration. And that's all about the core quadrants of Offman. And it's Daniel Offman who came up with this concept of the core quadrants. Uh, what, what is that concept of the core quadrants? Well, it is um, that everything starts from a quality. So you have a quality. And if you have too much of that quality, well, you don't have it, but you display too much of that quality, you want to do uh, too, too good in the thing that you're already good at, 
then that quality actually becomes your pitfall. If you take the positive inverse of that pitfall, then you have your challenge. And there's a nice relationship between the quality and the challenge you have, because the, the, the challenge actually is there to bring balance to your quality. So to make sure that you don't overdo your quality, that you don't step into your pitfall. And if you then complete the quadrant, then you can also think, what if I, if I want to keep that balance too hard? So if there is too much of my challenge, well, then it becomes your allergy. And the positive inverse of the allergy that closes the loop and that brings you back to your quality. Now, that's a theoretical explanation. I've uh, created an example of this. And well, for example, for myself, I am quite good at making decisions. So that's a quality. And if we refer that back to the colors, for example, of insight, that's a red quality. Now, what's the pitfall of that? Uh, well, if you do that too much, if you overdo making decisions, then it could happen. And I will explain in a minute why I, why I explain it with could and not as a, as a mathematical certainty that it will happen. Uh, so then it could happen that you make decisions without empathy. That you just make the decision because of the decision and that you don't take into account the opinion of others. Now, that's the pitfall. Making decisions without empathy or losing the empathy. So what's the positive inverse of that pitfall? Well, then you come into your challenge. And the challenge is that you need to take all other opinions into consideration as well. And that's actually where that uh, brings balance to your quality. So if your quality is being very good at making decisions and you can balance that with making those decisions but also incorporating the opinion of others, then you will never step into your pitfall of making decisions without empathy. And if you are doing too much of that challenge, so taking too much options into account, then you end up in your allergy, which probably is that you, well, you just don't like it, that there is some sort of passivity, that there are too many options to, to choose from and that you don't know or that you don't take the decision at all. Uh, this was my example. It's a real life example. <laughs> and I can assure you it's absolutely my allergy that people are not taking the decisions, although there are so many options in which you can progress. So that's the idea of the core quadrant. As such, the core quadrant, well, it's nice to know, but what do you do with it? And that's where it becomes interesting if you are going to combine those quadrants. So my example, you already know, and you already know my pitfall, losing empathy when making decisions. Now, I'm not alone in this world. I have to collaborate with other people too. And imagine that, that well, not, not imagine, everybody has a core quadrant or has multiple core quadrants, of course, but imagine that the person that I'm collaborating with, his or her quality is actually um, to consider all options with the goal to keep everybody on board. Then if we follow the same routine, onboarding is really important for that person and is really a strong quality for that person. But overdoing that, then you end up in your pitfall. And in this case, it could be a pitfall um, because too much of that quality makes that you want to do good for everybody. And because of that, that you get stuck in all the options. Now, what's the positive inverse of that pitfall? Well, it's your challenge there. And the challenge could be in this scenario uh, that you had that you have to set priorities and that you know that you can't do good for everybody so that you uh, have to make choices in who you keep on board and who are you going to lose now if you do that too much if you really go if you display too much of your challenge then it becomes your allergy and allergy in this uh, scenario could be that you are losing people uh, knowing that you can't onboard everybody 
and that you only focus on a very limited amount of options. So that's the allergy in that second core quadrant. Now, people not on board and losing empathy, those two, so the pitfall and the allergy, they come pretty close there. And that's exactly where a conflict will occur. And that's the beauty of those core quadrants. You can combine them and you can make a core quadrant for yourself. You can also make a core quadrant for the person or the people you are working with. And if you combine them, then you know why it is sometimes hard to collaborate because that pitfall and allergy might overlap in a certain way. And if you are aware of that, well, then it also becomes much easier to deal with that conflict because you can realize then that it all started as well in yourself as with the person that you col are collaborating with, that it all starts from a quality. And if you realize that, then you can look at the situation, which is a painful situation, but then you can look at it from a different angle because then you can see the qualities in it. And the reason why I said it all with might happen like this or it could be like that and that it's not a mathematical science is of course when you create those core quadrants or you can only create it um, within your own thinking frame. So for me, if I, if I go back to this challenge, for me the challenge was, well, my quality is to create uh, or to make decisions in a very good way. But the challenge here is to balance it and taking more options and more the opinion of others into uh, consideration. It can be, of course, that there are other people in our audiences right now who have the same quality, but who still have a different challenge. And that's because we are all different. Um, and that makes it yeah, sometimes even more beautiful to see that the same quality can result in different challenges. Indeed. So, but uh, the models that we looked at now are things that you can also, that can also really help you when you are merely working together. But we want to move uh, beyond that. We don't want to just collaborate with someone, work with someone, but we want, want to take a look at a true partnership. So a true partnership where it's not something that you have to do, but something that you also really want to do. And uh, for that, we're going to take a look first at a model by Thomas and Kilman. Uh, it's a model that is used to uh, take a look at your different, your style when you are negotiating with someone or when you have to um, reach something, you have to obtain something together. How do you position yourself? What is your favorite style? Um, and uh, there are two axes that are important. So more towards the goal-orientedness, assertive, being very assertive. And the other one is about uh, the relationship. How important is a relationship? How important is cooperation for you? So um, first thing to say here that is very important is uh, this is about a preferred style. Um, but it doesn't mean that there's a bad style or a, a style that's always good. Each of these styles have their use at different moments um, in a collaboration, in a partnership. But for a partnership, we'll see that there are certain things that are more important still. Okay, so um, if we look at the three first styles um, that are rather, uh, yeah, that, that often um, occur are first is competing. So um, I'll take one example for all the different styles. Let's think about this. So you and your partner uh, are thinking about uh, vacation times, holiday times, you're dreaming after Corona, what can you do? Ah, so it's really important what you will be doing. Okay, um, so you would like to go to the seaside. You really enjoy being at seaside, but your partner says that they actually want to go to the mountains. Okay, what do you do then? If you are someone who goes into that competition mode and that, that assertiveness is very important and you really want to reach your goal, what you're, you might say there is, okay, 
darling, I don't care, we're going to uh, the seaside and you will like it as well. Oh, great. Okay, then the other, uh, at the other end of the spectrum, you will have someone who is very accommodating. So the relationship is very important for them. What might they say? They might say, oh, well, you know, darling, if, uh, if it's so important uh, for you to go to the mountains, of course we'll go to the mountains. And then the avoiding uh, style, avoiding the, the conflict, uh, there you might say, you know, if this is such a hassle to make a decision, let's just stay home. You just pull out. Okay, so those are uh, already three of the different uh, styles. And then let's have a look. If we link this back, because I've already used a couple of terms that you might have heard earlier. If we link this back, actually this links back to, yeah, it's about conflict a bit, about uh, a, a, a moment that you're a bit threatened or that you feel pushed, feel pushed against the wall. If we make the link with, um, with those primary reactions, then actually, yeah, you can see the fight mode coming up again, the friend or the fawn uh, reaction coming up again, or if you think about that avoidance uh, style, there you can see the flight, the flop, eh, losing control of your body, um, or the freeze. So those can be uh, linked together. Now, of course, these three are more primal uh, reactions, but still very present as well in the way we uh, interact with others. But at the same time, we are also socialized. So um, it, often what we try to do, if we're not completely with our backs against the wall, what we try to do is we try to think a second time and we come up with another solution this might be compromise. Eh? That's a secondary socialized reaction. The other reactions can also certainly be socialized. It doesn't mean that it's purely uh, a primary reaction, but then it becomes something that you really think about. For example, it's really uh, important for you to reach a certain goal and you also truly believe that it's the, the best option for you and that partner or for you and that person that you are collaborating with then you can still go for that goal, be very, very uh, driven in it, but you can perhaps frame it in a different way. Say, look, I know that I'm being difficult on this point, but actually I really believe in this goal or in reaching our goal in this way because of X and Y and Z. So uh, then you give some more explanation. And for the compromise, I didn't give the example yet, uh, but what would you do there, for example? Yeah, it's a style that many of us uh, use. It's just cutting in in half. Okay, let's go one week to the mountains and one week uh, to the sea. But at the same time, well, on the one hand, it's something that we often do. At the same time, it's something that in the long run isn't feasible. So it will resolve a plot problem right now and perhaps for a short amount of time, but the problem will reoccur. So what do we then need if we want to uh, have a sustainable uh, partnership and want to work together in a sustainable way? Then we have to go to that elusive win-win-win um, that everyone keeps on talking about or win-win that they talk about. So it's not merely about cutting the cake in two, it's about thinking, okay, what is underlying? What are the underlying reasons for someone to take a certain position to say that they want X or Y? And if we look at our example again, then uh, it would be asking that question, okay, why do you want to go to the seaside? And why does the other person want to go to the mountains? Then you might see that actually there's a lot that you have in common. It might be uh, because of the good weather, because of the fresh air, it might be uh, because there's no internet connection. Um, it might be because you want adventure. So then something completely different might come out as well. It might be that you say, okay, let's go for a holiday to somewhere in the jungle. That's also no Wi-Fi, uh, fresh air, something completely new. Let's go for that. 
So because of the new information that you have, you can then create or go for something that the both of you really like 100%. So instead of that, that, what does that mean? You create an additional value, a value to you as a person, value to the other person, your partner that you're uh, going uh, on holiday with. But if you uh, then translate this back to a business relationship, instead of merely um, having to divide the value that you have on the table, which the other styles do, and which what a compromise you certainly cut, is you create something new, not only for you, not only for your partner, but also for, for example, your clients, your customer. So if you want to go from that compromise to that win-win-win situation, yeah, why is it so difficult? Why do so many people stop at that level of yeah, just having a compromise? So if you look at that, then there are three elements that we can give you which are absolutely necessary to build strong partnerships. And the first one is you have to have a very good vision. You have to have also good skills and you need to establish trust between those partners. Now, we will go over one by one, uh, not too much in detail, but just that you know what we are meaning with those three elements. Yeah. So the first one, a vision, well, you need to create a shared vision. You need to be very precise why you want to have that partnership. You need to be clear uh, what it can bring for yourself, but also for the others. So it, if, you, if, we, if I refer back to the, the, previous, uh, the previous webinars uh, with uh, habit creation, we also talked about the why. Why is a habit so important? Well, in this case, it's more or less the same. Why is that partnership so important? And you can use the same strategy. Uh, create that why in a dumb goal. So that means make sure that it is dream-driven, that it really is a vision, that you can dream about it. Make sure that it's uplifting, that it gives you energy, that it's method-friendly and that it's based on your behaviors. Now, if you already have that specified, then it's very clear why you want to have that partnership. And be also very clear why you want to have that partnership with those people. So why we? Why are we in this partnership? And be very specific about that, not just because you like to work together or something. No, why exactly that person? And up front, you, need to, you already need to think about that up front. Uh, because if the moment, at the moment when you are um, in search for partners, well, then there's the thing beyond your logical partner. If you are in a certain industry, perhaps it can be very beneficial to take a partner from a completely different industry. So dare to be different, dare to think different. And also dare to think beyond two. If we're talking about partnerships, then it's not just A and B who do something together. No, it can be A and B and C and D and E, perhaps. The more people who are involved, the more specific you have to be about that why statement and the more specific you have to be about why those people, but there to go beyond that number of two. And also create some exclusivity in it, because if you are in a real partnership, that means that it's more than collaboration. It means that it's more than just working together. Because if you're on that level of working together, you, are, you can work together with many people. But if you choose a partner, then you create some exclusivity. You want to do it only with this partner or with those partners if you go beyond two, of course. Mm. Um, and then as a bit of a, yeah, another view on it, uh, of course, you have to create that exclusivity, but you don't have to be afraid to create that exclusivity because that partnership doesn't need to last forever. You can refer to your life cycle, your life cycle as a company, but if it's more about the product, also the life cycle of a product. Which partners do you need at which stage of the cycle? Of course, you don't have to switch every day because then there's not really something that is binding you together uh, and that's also not really a form of exclusivity. Mm. But on a longer term, 
what you can think in let's say five or ten years perhaps over five or ten years you can adapt your partner or you can change the vision so that you still keep your partners but that you adapt the course or the path that you're working on so that's about the vision you also need skills and to be in a partnership you definitely need to have skills and the good news is everybody can learn how to collaborate first of all in that collaboration communication is key you have to talk with each other you have to share a lot with each other uh, but if you share a lot with each other then you don't have to be nice you don't have to please each other no you also have to stand for yourself you have to be the I in team and I know that there are many people who say um, there's no I in team well I don't believe that and then there's another saying that goes well indeed there is an I in team it's in the a-hole well I do not agree with that one too because um, I truly believe that a team exists out of individuals and of course together they can achieve more that's also some uh, something that you can keep in mind if we talk about team that it actually stands for together everyone achieves more uh, and I truly believe that one but still it all starts from yourself you have to be part of the team you have to take a stand for the things that you believe in and only when you take that stand then the sum of the individuals become more than just the individuals together and that's where the communication is key of course because you need to be able to communicate what you stand for and that also relates to the other things that are listed on the slide so openness is very important to share those things with each other you need to be able to tell stories um, you need to be able to listen to those stories and you have to be able to give and receive feedback and then the next one, the trust. Well, trust is extremely important in building partnerships. And sharing is caring. So again, go back to that communication. Share those stories. Why are you in that partnership? What is it that you want to get out of it? Why do you want to have that partnership? So this actually closes the loop to, that, to those skills and to that vision part. Feedback is again a very important one. And it can happen that there are some disagreements but that's good it's good to have a conflict from time to time of course but it's good to have a conflict and to don't waste a good conflict or at the same time as they say right now don't waste a good crisis because it's it really is the the source of inspiration good things can come out of it of course you have to deal with it in a good way but again that's related to the skills level because you can learn how to deal with conflicts and disagreements and because of that trust and if you really work on that trust then you create a supportive atmosphere and in that supportive atmosphere everybody can flourish and everybody feels safe to take a stand and then we are back to the skills level where i was talking about the i in team well you can only take that i in team if you feel safe in the environment and that's also related to uh, your leadership style so the constants of leadership that's also another topic that i can talk for a few hours about uh, but it's all related to as a leader you need to be predictable you because that also generates a lot of trust that people know what you are going to say that people know how you're going to react and being a predictable leader is actually a very trust generating leader and this trust well it closes the loop with the vision as i already said if you tell those stories if you have that supportive atmosphere and so on and so on then you continuously confirm the shared vision why you are in that partnership okay so to summarize it all uh, we've talked about three things that you can use, three insights that you can generate for yourself to improve the collaboration. But collaborating is nice, it's good, but we want to 
go further than that. We're going, we want to go beyond collaboration. We want to strive to that real deep partnership, a partnership which really creates that win-win-win. And to do so, we have given you three elements, the trust element, the skills element, the vision element, and the trust has a silver lining around it because the trust building is so extremely important for partnerships. And then we can even go beyond that ultimate good partnership. So if you already reach this level of partnerships, wow, good done. <laughs> well, well done, good job. Uh, but still, you can go beyond. And how do you do that? Well, if you challenge that partnership, if you question each other, if you dare to ask the right questions um, about what are you doing? Why are you doing it like that? Uh, if you want to challenge your vision, your shared vision, if you want to extend that shared vision, and if you are really in that mode where you are challenging each other even more, well, that are the type of partnerships where those really innovative, creative, perhaps even disruptive ideas can come from. The really out-of-the-box thinking and in scenarios like that then it's not only about win-win-win with win for yourself win for your partner win for your customer no then there's a fourth win that's coming in because if it are really creative destructive innovative ideas then it's also a win for the world but that's not easy <laughs> so we challenge you we challenge you to go to a very good collaboration then extend it to a partnership and perhaps even do more and go into that win-win-win-win situation. And if you are trying to do so, if you are taking your first step of really implementing everything that we have talked about, then, uh, well, you will see that there's always the devil in the detail. It's very easy to talk about all these things that we have talked about, but to really apply it and to really implement it, that's where it becomes difficult. And that's also the reason why we offer clarity sessions to our customers or potential customers to help them after they've taken those first steps and then that they realize, oh, now I, I don't have to apply that theory in general. No, it's really specific about that element. Um, such a clarity session is not free, but it will not cost you money because we ask for your full time and your full dedication. It's also our normal way of working. So it's not something that we offer, especially for this webinar or something. And for a limited time. Or for a limited just, time or yeah. something. No, indeed, it's always open. You can always contact us if you are uh, struggling with those things. And uh, if you want to book a clarity session, well, then just go over to the website, to the booking page, and you can uh, really immediately select a booking uh, clarity session in our agendas. And that's one part of uh, what we can still offer you, but we're talking about partnerships. And well, we challenge you also on this one. We, we don't only challenge you on uh, what are you going to do with everything that we've talked about, we are also challenging you on, well, who wants to partner with us? Partnerships are also important for us. So if you hear all this and you, you think we, you can contribute to our mission and to how we work, well, then we would love to hear it and we would perhaps even be able to create a partnership with you. But then, of course, you need to know what it is exactly that we do. And I'm just going to go over very briefly. Uh, well, in general, I said we run four different styles of types of programs. We have an ambitious leader program, which is a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Uh, and it's actually aimed, as I said, it's actually aimed on helping people to really implement the theory of many different things. As I said in the beginning, to help ambitious leaders to uh, reach more in an easier way. You can do that on an individual level. You can also do that on a team level. And that's why we have our ambitious team program that are extensive long-term programs, uh, but you can also summarize it or bring it all together in a very intensive short package 
that's the intensive coaching days where we offer a three to five day experience and we also have some online learning modules and then beside all those things we still have of course our free sources of inspiration uh, the blog the podcast we are on most social media channels twitter instagram linkedin facebook uh, that's also something that we do so if you think you can partner up with us on one of those things well we challenge you and we would love to hear from you yeah indeed <laughs> All right. Okay, that's so it. Then... Thank you very much for staying till the end. This podcast is made with royalty-free music of bensound.com.